Hey, everybody. Welcome to Momlytics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. If you've listened before, you probably know that this podcast generally deals with issues at the convergence of parenting and politics. And at this point in time, I feel it would not only be out of touch, but insensitive to talk about anything other than Israel's fight for survival right now. Specifically, how we, halfway across the world, can wrap our minds around it all, the challenges of sifting through lies and propaganda to find out what's really happening and how we can help. So joining us on Momletics today to help us accomplish all that is Lane Koch. Lane is an award-winning grassroots strategist who's had more than 15 years of professional experience in political and congressional spheres. She's also a mom of three and, like many of us, is concerned about the current state of what's going on in the world, which, of course, our next generation will inherit. So, Lane, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. been looking forward to it. I mean, it's such a difficult topic, but I'm really hoping that we can kind of clear some things up for people and inspire them to learn more and get more involved. Yes, absolutely. So I kind of want to start by saying that it just seems like there's so much misplaced anger right now because there's a dangerous combination of the desensitization to violence we have in our culture, coupled with the general lack of knowledge of current events, either because we avoid consuming the news or because what we're reading and watching simply isn't true. So let's talk about the societal framework in which the situation is constantly misconstrued. What we have happening right now is so different from what we experienced during 9-11 when we had a terrorist attack on our shores because we didn't have social media in 2001. And today, as Israel has been attacked, there's so much misinformation. And unfortunately, the progressive media is for some reason taking the word and giving benefit of the doubt to a terrorist organization over those of trusted, reliable sources. And then we have a population of people who are uneducated about the world and who just simply believe the evil and misinformed rhetoric. For instance, we see a lot of people right now who post the words free Palestine. We see the White House and the president and the press secretary say things like, we don't see any credible reason to believe that there's been an increase in anti-Semitism. Or they say that we need to work hard for peace. We need a ceasefire. We need a two-state solution. And they're conflating the issues. What's happening right now has nothing to do with Hamas, who is the elected party in Gaza, attacking Israel in a terrorist attack. People so often misunderstand and think that Hamas represents the Palestinian people but yes. they don't. Historically speaking, Hamas has not helped the Palestinian people. That confusion just seems so detrimental. It is. It is detrimental because we need to free Palestine from Hamas. In fact, they're blocking Palestinians from being able to leave because the Hamas terrorists use their people as shields. And so when people comment and they say, free Palestine? Absolutely. But it's not freeing Palestine from Israel. It's freeing Palestine from these terrorists, Hamas. Now, do you think that divisions in America in terms of race, white privilege, do you think that's having an impact on all of this pro-Palestinian sentiment? Absolutely. Not that it I should think, relate, but... 
No, but you know what I think has happened is that there has been a Marxist divisive campaign that has been rooted in our public schools, that has been rooted in social media propaganda for so long. I bet if you were able to study and do a Venn diagram of the people who have attended a BLM rally and the people who are out in the streets in these pro-Palestine rallies, you would see a considerable overlap. Because what we see is a hatred of white people we see a deep hatred for America and it's very concerning. And what they've been able to do is simply flip the switch. And so young people, especially, they think that they are virtuous in being out in the streets and saying from the river to the sea. And they don't understand that what that phrase means is not a two state solution. Absolutely not. That's not what Hamas wants. What they're saying when they say that horrible line is they want to eradicate the Jews. They want to wipe them up off of the map. So two very different things than what the White House keeps saying over and over is we need a two-state solution. We need peace. We need a a ceasefire. You can't negotiate with terrorists. We can't. And so until the hostages are free and until Hamas is wiped out, there can be no ceasefire and there can be no even discussion of peace or a two-state solution. Having all these pro-Palestinian sentiments in social media, what do you think that does to news coverage? And why does it seem like the news is not treating this like a terrorist attack? They're treating this more as a conflict where they have to give both sides 50-50. It's horribly offensive. It's incredibly tone deaf. You cannot get around the fact that There has been a drastic increase in anti-Semitic attacks all over the world. In Paris, there was gasoline sprayed on the door of an 80-year-old Jewish couple. People are walking around looking for mezuzahs on doors. So I don't know the answer of how it is possible that the media doesn't clearly see this, that there's one side and it's that the whole world should be gathering together in alliance against evil and terrorism, like we saw after 9-11. I remember the front page of every newspaper after 9-11 was in solidarity for the United States. They seem so quick to believe the terrorists over the Israelis. It makes no sense. Right. They wanted proof. They, they, they didn't want to believe sources on the ground, IDF soldiers, independent news reporters on the ground saying, you know, there's literally pictures of children's bedrooms. I got so choked up today. Somebody um, shared and I'll share some later, some social media accounts that are really great to, to look at for information. But um, they showed a video of a little boy's bedroom and it was an eight-year-old boy and I have an eight-year-old son and it was, you know, a prime bottle and Legos and it was just, it could have been any of our sons, you know, that was ripped out of their bedroom. And there's just been so much credible information on a lot of platforms. You can't even share these pictures because they're so, they're so horrifying. You know, I think one reason the news outlets are parroting this balanced uh, response is because of the leaders of the Democrat Party not taking a very clear stand against terrorism. And I have to give credit, I'm a Republican, but there are some Democrats who have been really wonderful on this issue. I will say John Fetterman um, has been unequivocal in terms of his calling out of 
um, Hamas and these pro-Palestinian rallies and all of the Jewish hate that we've seen. So I've really appreciated that. And I want to be balanced and say that it's not every Democrat, but I haven't seen the leadership that I would hope from our president. Um, and then we've seen horrifying messaging out of you know the squad in Congress, Elon Omar, um, Cory Bush and others. So with your grassroots expertise, how can we start to disband the strong anti-Semitism that we're seeing? Something that is just very important is that we need good people to not stay quiet. And as someone who worked in the United States Senate for years and who's worked on political campaigns um, all over the country, one thing that I can tell you is that um, your elected officials, they're supposed to represent their districts and your values and, and what they're telling you. And at a minimum, um, they're going to pay attention because they want re-election. And so they need to hear from you. And personally, my Congresswoman is Ann Wagner. She's been a big supporter of Israel right next door is Cori Bush. And Cori Bush has been a very clear and open anti-Semite. She's a big squad wannabe. And so she's always trying to be more radical. In fact, she has said publicly and tweeted that she wants to defund the Iron Dome, which protects Israelis from all of these rockets. Um, Rebecca, as you know, my sister is an Orthodox Jew and her fiance is Israeli and they were over in Israel for a Jewish holiday. My parents shared footage of her running. Um, when you hear the sirens in Israel, you have 60 seconds to take cover into the into a bomb shelter. And it's very scary. And that Iron Dome protects so many lives. And for Cori Bush to say that she just wants that, you know, defunded just simply means that she just wants to wipe out Israel. How can we find out if our elected officials support Israel or don't. A pro tip, if you will, is that uh, don't waste your time contacting elected officials that aren't your own. So when you call a congressional office, um, they're going to ask your zip code. So what you want to do is find out who are my elected officials. For the issue of supporting Israel, um, you want to communicate with your federal legislators, your U.S. House of Representatives and your U.S. senators. So every American has one congressperson and you have two senators. So I would recommend um, that you make it a goal to communicate with those three people on a regular basis on a host of issues. So for me, my congressperson is a Republican who supports Israel. My two U.S. senators in Missouri support Israel. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't contact them and let them know. Another thing that you should do is write a letter to the White House and also tweet and post publicly and tag them. There was a prominent Jewish uh, spokesperson ally on Twitter who tweeted the White House press secretary yesterday multiple times. I know I had retweeted him and she then put out a response correcting herself and saying, actually, we we have seen anti-Semitism and, and we do stand against that and so forth. Um, I don't know if I believe her in that correction, but still, it does make a difference to speak up and contact your elected officials. When you contact your elected official, how does it make a difference? I mean, that's a good example on Twitter, mm -hmm. but if you just mm -hmm. write an email, is it just kind of good for them to know how you feel? You know, I really do think that they pay attention because they're constantly campaigning. They're constantly trying to get funds. So for instance, taking Cori Bush, Congresswoman Cori Bush, the first congressional district in Missouri, as an example, this is a Democrat who has a very Jewish 
um, district, and yet she is highly anti-Semitic. And so you, we've seen the rise in this hashtag Jexit because there is bound to be a massive Jewish exit from the Democrat Party. And so while Cori Bush may be very anti-Semitic, if she wants to remain in Congress, she better stop and she better start supporting Israel or otherwise her very Jewish district is going to stop supporting her and stop donating to her. Just like we've seen as um, major donors in the Ivy League have been responding to um, the rise in anti-Semitism and Jewish hate all over college campuses throughout the United States. So it does, it does make a difference. It really does. And they need to hear from they need to hear from us. It is their constitutional oath to represent their district, not their personal values. That's definitely encouraging. I think that a lot of times people think that they're completely powerless. America is halfway across the world from Israel, and some people are living in a bubble because their daily lives haven't changed. So how much should Americans be paying attention? Basically, mm -hmm. why should all Americans care? Yes, that is a very good question. My answer to that is first that Hamas has said and has in their charter that first we come for the Saturday people, which is the Jews, then we come for the Sunday people, which is the Christians. They hate us. Do not think that they are not coming for the United States. They are. We have had an open border for the past two years. We don't know who's here. There is always a good chance that we have sleeper cells in the United States at any point. We have no idea what is ahead. And so, you know, it really is important to pay attention and to know what's going on. I wanted to share a few resources that I found. The History of the Modern Middle East is a book that I read in undergrad and recently reread. It is thick and it is not um, vacation reading for sure. But if you want a book to get your head around all of this, I would very much recommend it. A good effort to understand both sides in a pretty unbiased way is called Arab and Jews, Wounded Spirits in a Promised Land. And then arguably the best scholar on the Arab-Israeli conflict is um, Benny Morris. And um, his book is called Righteous Victims, A History of the Zionist Arab Conflict. If people are looking um, to really dive in, I would recommend reading those three books or one of them to start. Um, additionally, every day I follow accounts that share some very good historical information, but also news that you can trust. Just.chai.talks is a great account. Stop underscore anti-Semitism. Jewish on campus. Jewish breaking news. Jewish breaking news is also a great account to follow um, for places to donate if you're interested in donating to support the Jewish community and the IDF. Um, stand with us. The IDF has been um, sharing really great historical information in addition to um, hearing from them directly. And then on this day in Jewish history is also a really great account to follow. Thank you so much, Lane. And I will definitely post links to those books and social media accounts. Um, in terms of news sources, what would you recommend there? I think that the Wall Street Journal is a valuable subscription. A lot of it is behind a paywall. Um, I also follow on Twitter the actual Israeli government on this issue, all of their different departments. I find that that's really helpful than having to get it funneled through other sources. So there's so much misinformation out there on social media and even in the news. 
What are some red flags that people can look for? How might you know that you are reading something or looking at a photo that isn't real? That's a whole can of worms in terms of the photo with AI. Um, There was a photo of a baby um, that Hamas had posted and a lot of pro-Palestinian accounts were sharing. Um, And this was uh, a baby that they were saying um, was tortured by Israelis, and it was proven to be AI. There was also some recent examples um, floating around social media of a burning car, and they were saying that this was a car bomb, and it wasn't. That is going to be a concern in general in warfare, in politics, in campaigning, being able to decipher, was this really this politician that said this? Um, They can make it sound like their voice. They can make it look like this person. Um, So in general, that is something to be very afraid of. And I just think in general, try to stay away from those hot takes where the second something comes out, you reshare it. Um, Someone that I really respect immediately posted, you know, this is so horrifying after the news said that Israel had bombed that hospital in Gaza. And so just take a minute and consider where is the source? Who is this coming from? And just use your common sense, you know, if you have it. (laughs) Because like, for instance, if someone says, this happened 30 minutes ago and 500 people died. Um, you know, common sense would say that 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 takes longer to verify. These are definitely very challenging times in terms of finding the truth as we navigate the new world of AI. It's really terrifying to think about the fact that a fake photo can literally fan the flames of war mm-hmm. and cause more people, innocent people, to die. Terrifying. So... How can Americans on the ground here help the situation in Israel? There's many ways that we can help Israel from here. First and foremost, pray for the release of the hostages. Um, Pray for our our elected officials and those overseas to make wise decisions and for discernment of everyone involved, whether it's, should I share this post? Should I send these tax dollars overseas? Next, um, it's very important to show your support publicly. Silence can really be deafening. And especially for people who tend to speak up, to not speak up on this issue, um, it really sends a message that at best you don't care, but at worst that you don't care about the Jewish people, which is just not what any decent person would want. We all have learned about those stories in history and learned about those incredible people who put their everything at risk to do the right thing, whether it was, you know, hiding a slave in the Underground Railroad and participating in the Underground Railroad, or whether it would be um, the Holocaust and, and hiding a Jew and protecting them from the Nazis. And we thought I would be one of those people. I would I would be one of those brave souls. And this is an opportunity now to actually show who you are. Are you really one of those people? Because those people back then had businesses to think about, reputations to think about, families to protect. And yet they made the decision to do the right thing in spite of those realities. And yet we have people today who are like, well, I've got business colleagues that I don't want to upset or I don't want to lose my job or I don't want anybody to attack my house and so forth. And that's exactly what, you know, would have been 
the difference maker between some people being taken to Auschwitz or Dachau, you know? And so speak up. It might not sound like a lot, but you know, the little Israeli flag on your Facebook profile picture, it just signals to your Jewish friends you care. It's, it might not feel like a big deal to you, but sometimes it it is to someone else. You know, sharing a post, I, we just talked about a bunch of great Instagram accounts, you know, share it share this podcast um just get the message out show people who you who you are when you were talking about how deafening silence can be i mm. love this quote from ellie weasel it says the opposite mm. of love is not hate it's indifference and i mean yes. what side do we want to be on when we look back at our, our lives this is good versus evil it's that simple hamas right. came in and took innocent people did horrific things beheaded babies raped women. I mean, that's evil. And so right. anyone who stands up to support them, I mean, you better take a better look at yourself. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about contacting your elected officials. That's super important. Educating yourself is super important. And supporting Israeli businesses. This was something that was interesting to me that I, I wouldn't have thought of. My sister shared this. Um, and she's been such a great resource in terms of how to help the Israeli people. One thing she said is, you know, supporting Israeli businesses, like for instance, at Trader Joe's, just a small thing, but it's a small thing, but it's not. Um, there's a lot of Israeli products, for instance, at Trader Joe's, like Israeli couscous and go buy out all the Israeli couscous and also, you know, donate, donate to your local Jewish Federation, get some skin in the game. And there is no Jew in the United States that doesn't know someone who's in Israel. That's a fact. And there's no one in Israel who doesn't know someone who has died in this terrorist attack. That's a fact. Something that we did in our family was I bought these little Israeli flags and I put a basket on my front porch and I just told my network, if you'd like to come to my house to pick up a flag, put it in your window, put it in your, your, your landscaping to show solidarity and support, um, that would be great. So, you know, so there's there's a lot of things that you can do. That's wonderful. And I do think that makes such a difference because it's so easy to just mm -hmm. see the onslaught of anti-Semitism and think that the whole world is against the Jewish people. But I think that's so untrue. And I think it's time that people who do support good in the world do support the Jewish people to actually mm -hmm. say something about it and not stay silent. Right. So speaking of talking about it versus staying silent, from a parental perspective, do you talk to your kids about this at all? And if so, what age do you think or how young is too young to talk about it? So we were forced into talking about this with our children because their soon-to-be uncle um, is now serving as a reservist in the IDF. At first, I probably would have sheltered my kids. Mine are 10, 8, and 18 months, at least in terms of the terror you know, um, the massacre of people, the torture, the and so forth. I, I wouldn't explain that. And to this day, my kids don't understand the gravity of all of it. Children, they can carry anxiety that, you know, these are grown up problems. And so what we've done in our house is, of course, we had to explain why my sister came home from Israel and she was actually stuck in Israel, had a very hard time getting out. Um, so that was really scary. And so we explained, you know, that Jake was staying and my sister was coming home and why that is. And we actually explained it to our to older kids using some of the reference point of 9-11 because they learned about 9-11 this 
past September. And so what I did was explain that there's evil people in the world and they hate Christians and they hate Jewish people. And so we're praying for Israel and we're praying for the soldiers and who are trying to protect God's homeland. And we're, we're praying for Jake, that he's safe. And so that's the way we talk about it. So I think if your kids are old enough to have learned about 9-11, then you could use that as a reference point and just talk about it in terms of there's good and evil. And that the reality is that there is spiritual warfare. I mean, when I see video of people ripping down these posters of children, hostages, this is some demented thinking to think that you would rip down a picture of a sweet little baby and that there's any justification in the world that it's okay. So um, that's the way we frame it in our house. I think what's really important is to know your your own child's personalities and also the other things in their life that they're navigating and then decide if it's something that they, you know, should learn about or if it would be too much at the time. And of course, you know, don't have the news on around your children um, because you just can't control what's going to be shown. And again, these are grown up problems, but I think we can start out by teaching our children um, the difference between right and wrong, teaching them about American exceptionalism, teaching them about the virtue of the Jewish people, about Israel and how that is their ancestral home, and how important it is that Americans are good neighbors to the Israeli people and, you know, why we care and why we support them. If our neighbors next door were having a problem, um, we would help them. And that's why we care about Israel. And if you think about it too, taking a preemptive approach and teaching our kids about good versus evil at home is so important rather than having them go out in the world and see all of these anti-Semitic things and for them to think that that's the truth. We have to teach them first before the evil in the world gets to them. Absolutely. All right, Lane. Well, I think that's a good note to end on unless there's anything else you want to add or you want people to know. I think that was a really good conversation. And, you know, I've worked in politics and campaigning for a long time. And one thing that I wanted to encourage um, your listeners and viewers is that if you get involved in activism to speak up and make your voice heard, understand that no one expects you to be an expert on every topic. And a lot of times there's a lot of, you know, gaslighting and people will tell you like, oh, you know, you think that you're an expert or you don't know anything about the Middle East or you don't have a degree in this or a professional background. And we saw that a lot during COVID where um, people demeaned moms, suburban moms, and they would say, you know, who do you think you are to speak up on this and and so forth. And so- And the suburban moms ended up being right for the most part, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's right. We were. And so one thing I just wanted to encourage is that your passion makes you qualified Um, Your values and your faith makes you qualified. The fact that you're a mother makes you qualified. And find an issue that pulls at your heartstrings and just focus on that. You know, if what's going on in our schools is what really sets you on fire, then focus your energy there. Um, If this issue is something that you just feel called to take on in your in your free time, then then do that. But don't feel like you have to be an expert on everything. Don't feel like you have to all of a sudden become a political commentator. Um, But do believe in yourself that you've been given a voice and God put you here in America today 
um, at this time for a reason. And so um, use your voice and, you know, be empowered that there's a lot of people out there that will appreciate it and support you. Well, thank you so much, Lane Coke. And if people want to follow you on social media, where should they go? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm it's Lane Coke and uh, Twitter is the same. It's Lane Coke. And as I mentioned before, I'll post links to all those resources that Lane was talking about on our website, momlytics.com. So thank you so much for being with us here today on Momlytics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. We'll see you next time.